Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, it's uh, we're still not there yet, but we're very close. That 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 will happen, or that should happen. And you know, I have a, I shared it with our owners that push everyone to their brink as far as effort and what we expect. But you give them the very best that you possibly can get your hands on. That means the best trainers. We redid our whole sports performance or program. I want it to be the very best in the NFL. Ours was the best in college. I'm biased, but the way we did it, and we're gonna do the same thing here. And I think our players deserve. I think this could be a destination place. And then look, like, what are you kidding me? You got Jacksonville. You got you know the t- the tax issue, which is important in the NFL, and you got a great community. You can raise a family here. So why would you not be here if you had the best facilities, best trainers, best coaches, and best nutrition, all the above? That is Urban Meyer earlier today here at the Players Championship. Pretty candid about that practice facility. Listen, it's happening. Practice facility is happening. Where will it happen? Could it go north? Could it come south to St. John's County? Will it be right next to the stadium? Practice fields, I think uh, all options are in play. And I don't know where they want to be. If you look at a lot of the other folks in the league, a lot of them say 20, 25 minutes away from downtown. Well, their downtowns are a little bit different than Jacksonville's downtown, at least as it sits right now. So a facility right downtown, uh, I, I could see. I, I could see it in play for the Jags. Now, you got to get a piece of land, and that's going to be fronted by Shad Khan. That's Shad Khan's money. That's not taxpayer money. So I, I wonder, as we welcome in Action Sports Jacks, Marcel Robinson. Marcel, as, as we hear that soundbite from Urban, and I love talking about the facility stuff because it's happening, and it's a good thing because it's happening around the league. And he, he's bringing that element of the college game here from a right. recruiting, uh, an appearance uh, and I want to be here type of thing. Mm-hmm. Players like that. I mean, whether you admit you're materialistic or not, there's everybody is to a degree. And so some are more than others. But players like good things, you know. They like five-star hotels and they like private jets. Uh, and I think they like nice facilities. What's interesting to me from a bigger picture standpoint, if ShotCon says, hey, I'm going to build this thing downtown, and I'm going to put my own money in. It's going to cost me a hundred and something million, whatever it might be. I don't even know. Uh, but that's kind of the numbers floating around other facilities, like right. Miami's building a 135, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, if if you take all that in and consider building downtown, well, if Shad says I'm spending my money down here, hey taxpayers, hey city, when are you going to spend some of your money down here? Yeah, you know, it might be a nice message for Shad Khan to say. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, anyone who doesn't see that this serves a dual purpose in terms of of that being the you know ultimate goal is just not looking at the bigger picture. I think, yeah, you hit the nail nail on the coffin on both sides. One in the sense of what Urban said. I mean, I mean, look, it's it's like you said, it's just like the college game as as sort of you know the gameplay from college has creeped into the NFL now. Sort of this arms race of facilities. I mean, like you said, people like having nice things, and to to attract players, it's got to be more than just you know what happens on the field people want to see the nice and shiny things people want to see that you're putting money into the organization as they put you know their blood sweat and tears out there on the field and everything um and the second part of your point in terms of trying to get you know this is definitely sort of kind of a play to sort of you know move more towards of the development of downtown like you said shot putting his own money in uh it's it's another opportunity for him to say look 
I'm trying to put money in, like meet me halfway somewhere so yeah. we can, you know, do something downtown. I think, uh, yeah, we'll answer that part of it. Okay, are you staying? Are you this? Right. Are you that? Well, I've just spent a hundred and something more million dollars of my own money. What do you mean am I staying? Right. <laughs> you know, I think it could certainly uh, go that way. Uh, I asked, uh, Kevin asked the question on the, the feed, um, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, I, I never know which one it comes from, but it can come from all of them. All the and things. you can also call us, 904-362-9901. Open communication here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN. ESPN 690. Brent Martin, along with Marcel Robinson. Austin Lane, by the way, fight night tomorrow night in Orlando. But he asked a question about primetime games. We've had these discussions before. The schedule will come out. I think it's going to come out in early May. It usually comes out before the draft. Uh, but even uh, with Urban Meyer talking today, there was some London chatter about, hey, when will you know? Will you know? And it was like early May. Mm-hmm. They'll know more about London, which then hints that the schedule's not going to come out. I think there have been reports the schedule's going to be delayed a little bit, uh, probably to wait on the pandemic. How many primetime games do you think the Jaguars end up with? It, keep in mind that getting one is not like this glorious thing because right. most everybody, if they want it, can get a Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaguars have gone in the past without getting that, basically said, no, we don't care about it. Uh, but one is usually where the Jaguars land. Right. Will they get another? And coming off 2017, they did get another, but then it got flexed because they were so bad. Right. I think that I think one is probably the number just because of the urban factor. I think there's still some scar tissue there from the national media because everyone was so on board with uh, with you know what happened after 2017 uh, coming in, like you said, getting all those games flexed. And I think it kind of reverted back to the national media's sort of perception of well, you know, see they're they're exactly who we thought they were, you know. So rather than you know going you know full all in and saying you know Urban's here, Trevor's here, you know let's throw a couple of let's throw a few of them at them. But I think that the number is definitely going to be one. I I think there's a possibility that if they can, you know, be who we hope them to be, they may be flexed into a primetime game, I think is probably the more uh, reasonable expectation. That's interesting. I, I think there will be at least two. I think some fans are being a little bit overzealous in saying three. Um, I think that's a, a, a lot to ask. What I think will, if they got two, and, and I don't think this is going to happen, but if they got two on a Sunday and Monday, it would feel like three. If, see, the Thursday night game doesn't feel like you're getting a primetime right. game anymore. Yeah. It feels like you're just, well, getting something the league gives. Right. So the Sunday-Monday part of this is important for the Jags fan to be like, no, we want a prime game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's prime time Thursday night, okay, but you're probably going to put us against the t- Titans or something like that. We don't want that. And so I think that the Sunday-Monday thing's big. The Sunday would be even would be really big because it's been forever right. uh, for that to happen. So if you look at this schedule, though, here's why I think they get at least two. Because, and, and this is where the NFL's falling in line a little bit and saying, well, we'll have that draft first, and then it might help us put together the schedule. Yeah. See, I think that's what makes a little bit of sense, because how things shake out, just when it comes to the Jags, not that they're only worried about the Jags. What if Justin Fields goes to the Jets? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now you got Trevor Lawrence against Justin Fields when the Jets and the Jags play, which they do play. But what if... Justin Fields goes to Houston in a trade for Deshaun Watson. Well, now you could put Houston and Jags on, even though they're not two great teams. But right. you got Lawrence versus Fields in the future of the league, potentially, in a primetime matchup. So I think there's a lot of different ways the Jaguars could get on primetime. Uh, I think waiting until after the draft, and I think the Jets are an important part of this, and that's a big market. So if you're selling it to NBC, ESPN, and we'll leave Fox out of it for now on the Thursday side. But that's intriguing. You got the Jets market, new coach. You got the Jags, 
new quarterback, right. new coach. New quarterback, new you coach, could yeah. have Fields versus Lawrence or even Zach Wilson against Lawrence, but Fields versus Lawrence is big because they both come from the same area. Mm-hmm. They were both highly touted out of college. Same they story. just battled again yeah. in college. Uh, so, to me, that's like a no-brainer game. It just depends where Fields lands right. to see if we get that game. But the Jets and the Jags somewhere in prime time would make a lot of sense. And then just add one more in the mix, whether it is a Thursday night game or whether it's, I mean, they do play at Seattle. They play at the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're talking about big market teams, mm-hmm. uh, Denver and San Francisco in there. I mean, you could make the case for a bunch of different plausible scenarios to get on national TV. I don't think you're going to see uh, Sunday and Monday and Thursday. I think you could see Sunday and Monday. It could be. I doubt it. I'm thinking more Sunday-Thursday kind of deal for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to stick with two at the moment Mm -hmm. uh, and see. Now, remember, they go to 17 games, which is where it's leaning. Right. That gives the Jags another opportunity to get on where they couldn't have in the past. Yeah. Uh, I I just wonder if, I mean... With the with the Jets game, the Jags versus Jets, if you know Fields or even Zach Wilson goes uh, to whoever goes to the Jets, I mean the the storylines are there obviously, you know new new regime on both sides, new signal callers and everything. I just wonder if what you know they may expect the 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 gameplay the the product on the field to look yeah, like yeah. is still you fair. know a draw. I mean because <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, I, if I'm not in the Jacksonville market, yeah yeah Trevor Lawrence, yeah Zach Wilson slash Justin Fields, but Jags versus Jets does absolutely nothing for me on the field. Yeah. So it's one of those things like, am I even going to watch this game after halftime if I don't have a vested interest, you know, outside of that particular market? Now the Houston uh, one probably does. I lean a little bit more towards that one being more probably the primetime game just because of, you know, with it being you know, still the AFC South matchup, you, know, you still have the storylines and everything, and, and it's probably likely you would hope to be somewhat of a competitive game. Um, but just, I mean, I guess it just depends as far as, like, you know, who who and and also what point in the season they plug these games into. Yeah, how awesome would it be? I think a great story. Maybe they maybe someone's done the story before. I'd love to be a part of the, the executive, TV executive room mm-hmm. that's, like, picking games. I want this one. I want that one. I want this one. Okay, you're second in line. Okay, they took this one, so I get that one. Yeah, that would be yeah. a heck of a lot of fun with the NFL. I want to be in that room uh, for that. Hey, you've been all around the course today. You've been out there uh, lugging the camera equipment and um, getting it done here at the Players' Championship. We got a loaded up leaderboard. Eight under par, Lee Westwood in the lead. It's great. I mean, fri- Friday, you know, it's one of those days where as we're approaching the cut line, you see a lot of guys coming out there, and if they're, uh, you know, Either at the top of the leaderboard or the cut line in general. It's a lot of movement out there. Uh, every time I go to chase one leaderboard, I'm going to find somebody else who who may else be contending. And you know, it's it's cool. I mean, it's it's a nice little surprise. It's not you know the same old guys out yeah. here, and yeah. uh, it's a very jumbled at the top. And I mean, like everyone says, anybody can take this thing. Yeah, and I, I kind of predicted around 14 under, and I think we're trending that way on the weekend. I mean, may even get over that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the birdies are out there. If you have someone that really just gets hot, they could tear this place up. We're seeing seven under through 12 holes right now by Sung J.M. He birdied six straight holes. Uh, Westwood's out there at five under. Uh, DeChambeau's been very consistent, six under. So uh, just a beautiful week. A little bit different. Not as many people, but uh, a little bit different of a buzz. No Tiger, of course. Right. Yeah. Uh, but still... Uh, Putting on quite a show here at the Players' Championship at TPC uh, Sawgrass. We have a special tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30, 11, 15, Action Sports Shacks at the Players. So you can check that out, full recap, who made the cut, who didn't. And then uh, tomorrow night and Sunday, Action Sports Shacks primetime, 1030 on Fox 30, 1130 on CBS 47. Tell everybody about your golf game here. 
what is this, about a year and a half ago now? This was uh, before last year's players, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. First time you've ever played 18 holes. Right, right. First and you time. played it here. Yes, uh, that was the second time. Second time. Second time we played, for We played twice here. I played here twice. You played here twice? We played here twice. Okay, well, what's the first time when we counted all your shots? Oh, <laughs> the first time was so two years ago. So that was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that so w- that's what I don't care about the second time. Okay, yeah. I'm worried about the first time only. Uh, and if you've never heard the story, <laughs> this was the first 18 holes. And by the way, ever. imagine your first 18 holes ever being here right. at the stadium course at TPC Sawgrass. That's well, right. it was for Marcel Robinson. And I, what I can't remember is what we set the over-under at. Was it like 145? I think you guys set the, the line was at 145, and I think I came in like 128 or 126 yeah, you, or something you obliterated like. it. Yeah. Uh, so. But the most impressive shot. See, what happened here was it was really like a, a shamble. Right. And what happens in a shamble format is you take everybody's best drive, mm-hmm. and then you play your own ball. Right. Well, we made you play kind of on your own. Right. Because you, that was your first 18, and we were keeping score. We had a bet going on. Right. So... On 17, we all hit it in the water. Right. I actually think I hit it left of the water. It didn't even get in the water. It was like way down the cart path or something. But anyway, we hit it way off. Mm-hmm. Well, Marcel doesn't hit it in the water, but he doesn't hit it on the green. Nope. He hits it down where like the pink flowers are on yep. the left, right? We're left. So, so he's he's left of the water, kind of down the hill, um, but like pin high. Right. And so we all go to that shot. We have to take his shot. It's the best one we have. Mm-hmm. So we make Marcel play first because he's playing every shot out. And Marcel, this is a tricky shot. Like Short the hop. front part of the green where the pin is over about, I don't know, some 25 feet of water. Right. And you have to stop it on the green. I'm like, we're going to be here all day for Marcel. <laughs> There's, I'm going to tell Marcel to go up to the top part of the green and then just putt. He hit that shot, like, I'm telling you, this was like a 1-in-50 shot yep. for someone who hasn't played, yep. and you nailed it. Like, you didn't make the putt, but you made a nice bogey, and it was fine. You ran out of there with a putt. there. And, and by the way, that helped our team that day in the shamble. Still dry on 17. Still dry on Both 17. Both rounds. That's impressive. That's something I can say that no professional golfer in this field, <laughs> including Tiger, can say is I've never hit in the water yeah, on 17. That's a good point. You can say that. And I may never play again to keep that. By the way, 128 <laughs> is pretty good, man. 128 around this course uh, for your first 18 holes ever. I'll take it. That's some playing. You practiced a little bit going into I it. I did. I did. I mean, I mean, I can't come in here just and just you know embarrass <laughs> myself. I, I'm I'm an athlete. I'm, I don't I don't like to lose. So uh, even if I'm not good. No. All right. Uh, we'll get back out there and. Uh, uh, get TPC Sawgrass covered up. Stuart Weber, Marcel Robinson, uh, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. Yep. All right, that's Action Sports Shacks. Marcel Robinson here on ESPN 690. Helping out on TV tonight as well, CBS 47, Fox 30. Where did Martin Buckley go? He was right there a minute ago. He was going to stop by, and now he's gone. Where's Buckley? I can't find him. He's probably like signing autographs somewhere. America's guest is what I call Martin Buckley. Um, so if you see him, tell him to jump on. If not, uh, that is fine. Hey, let's give you an update on the, the scores. Uh, Lee Westwood, 8-under. Chris Kirk, Sung J.M. Sergio Garcia has made two birdies to get back to 7-under. That's where he started today. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 7-under. So we've got four tied at 7-under, one shot behind Lee Westwood. Westwood has three holes to play on the day. So we've got a crowded leaderboard here on a Friday at the Players' Championship, and isn't it nice to make it to a Friday at the Players' Championship after last year? You bet it is. Uh, Tennessee is beating Florida in the SEC quarterfinals, 57-43. They just beat Florida uh, a week ago, and now they're getting them again. 
57-43. The Gators, uh, Gator fan, you should be nervous going into the uh, NCAA tournament. You're going to make it, but you're not very good. So that's just reality. And uh, the Florida Gators look like they're going to lose unless they make a furious comeback. 57-43 with eight minutes to go. Uh, so uh, the Vols are, are beating them for the second time in a handful of days. All right, let's welcome in Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs right now. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? You got Good. banana? You're yeah. ready to go. Did, did, did I just see the banana beverage double? Uh, that's for you. Oh, that's for me. That's I for you. That. I told you I was bringing you a beverage, of course. Uh, Diet Coke. Thank Diet you Diet Coke, much. yeah. Coke syrup. Uh, I had Diet Coke banana uh, mix earlier in the day. How'd that settle? <laughs> so far, fine. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, I drink way too much Diet Coke out here at the Players' Championship. Is that your beverage? Yeah, but I haven't been drinking a lot of soda. But out here, I feel like, like yeah. if I'm going to go buy something, yes. I still have a hard time spending like 4 bucks on a water. Yeah. I'd rather spend 4 bucks on a Diet beverage. Coke. Yeah. But at home, no Coke? No. Nah. Yeah, just yeah. when you're out. Yeah. How you doing, man? Good, buddy. How are you? Good. How is it out here? A little bit different, huh? It's a little bit different, but I'll tell you what, man. We're out here. That's what I keep thinking. Yeah. I mean, me and you were out here last year around this time. Yeah, we were. It was a way different feeling. It's unbelievable. The huh? dinner after was a weird feeling. Yeah. And um, But it's cool to see people out here, and um, I think... It's just great to see, you know. It feels yeah. like we're moving forward. There's yeah, we a got an light. unbelievable day. Uh, family good. How's that little guy doing? Everyone's great, man. Walker. Playing golf yet? Me? <laughs> no, him. Him? No. <laughs> he started dancing though. He's ten months old there and walking. He's and walking he's, at ten months. Yeah, he took about like ten or twelve steps the other day. So How about like that? he's like you know crawling a lot, but he'll pu- pull himself up. And I guess if him. your name's Walker, you better get on he's it. Living early. up. <laughs> Dunker, I should have called him. Uh, we get Martin Buckley on uh, from time to time, Palm Beach Autographs, talk about uh, kind of the value of some of the players. And uh, we had you on a, a, about a month ago, I think, about Trevor Lawrence. Has he signed that deal yet? Yeah, he actually signed with Fanatics. He did. Fanatics came in, got him. Um, there was a couple of companies that were vying for him, and uh, Fanatics landed him. I think they kind of saw him as the, the prize target, so they came in over the top with the other company that was competing for him. They ended up with the... Uh, um, the other two quarterbacks, so they're okay. going to build you okay. And Fields. Mm-hmm. But I think Fanatics just for saw. the price of one. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and Trevor has that kind of appeal, like um, very few have had at the number one position. So I, I think they you, needed it. You know, when we had this conversation before, we we see it from all angles, right? All the football guys are saying, "Hey, this can't miss guy, can't miss guy." Everybody's yep. raving about him. Uh, you go to his hometown, like we did, and everybody says, it's an "Unbelievable person! That was what awesome. a guy! What a guy! What a guy!" Well, but then you see it from a business side. And oh, yeah. business people don't really care if you're a good guy or if you're a good football player. They want to make money. That's exactly and, right. And so when you see it from that standpoint that the investment in him, we just saw Tops. Did you see that yesterday? They're oh, coming out with this whole card set of the, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Isn't that wild? Leaf his, had his one come out. His brother actually is going to do a lot of the artwork. Who he's is? an artist. Trevor Lawrence's brother. Oh, really? Yeah, you should check it out. It's kind of a cool story. Um, I just awesome. saw, like, the tweet about it. But... People are going to invest in Trevor Lawrence is the point because they believe that good guy, great football player, and it's going to be big time. Yeah, this is that it feels like Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. Uh, yeah, it does. You know, it feels like that type of quarterbacks come in into the league. No doubt. Um, From that standpoint, the business side. Hey, how about uh, golf-wise? Is Bryson DeChambeau big in your world? Yeah, he's been getting really – we get a lot of questions for him. He's been the young gun that uh, – Kepka we sell a little bit, but Dude. Bryson for sure. Uh, Urban Meyer, you've worked with him in the past, uh, you know, from Tim's event. Yep. He's going to be here in a couple weeks, by the way, playing Tim's event. Yep. Uh, 
He's here now. He's here right now. I know. We <laughs> talked to him earlier today. Uh, what uh, What do you think so far of the first few weeks of the urban regime? I think it's exciting from the players that I've talked to that we work with. They said it's a complete overhaul and it feels totally different. They're loving it. Guys are fired up. He's a culture changer, man. Yeah. He's going to change the culture there. The, this team's good, and they're going to be real good. No doubt about it. Uh, I think. Mark, well, in time. I mean, I, I don't – listen, I'm not even over the – I'm very bullish on where this is going, but I'm not over the top about 2021. Not yet. That's we'll probably where free agency goes. We'll see yeah. where the draft goes. That's the right I approach. I mean, let's see him on the field before – even I'm not crazy enough to get crazy yeah. about him before I see him on the field. Absolutely. But you just get a feel it's going in a different direction. Absolutely, 100% agree. That's the, that's the, uh, the right way to approach it. But, you know, sometimes teams like that, when they're young and they're good – Things like that happen, That's and true. then they get that experience. So they get that at play. You know, the division's not great. Yeah, true. If they could, it can be had. It can be had. I'm just saying, like from that perspective, I'm not even trying to put the cart before the horse. I'm just saying, if they get that kind of exposure year one, imagine what they're where that puts them. You see it in baseball a lot, where you know a team like maybe the Braves or somebody sneaks into the playoffs, and then that next year. They're able to make Boom. that leap forward. Hey, uh, Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs. Thanks for helping out with the Dream 18 card. By the way, go purchase the Dream 18 card on ESPN690.com. 25% off this week. You also get 15% off at Palm Beach Autographs on a purchase. So we appreciate you helping out. Absolutely, man. Anytime. All right. Enjoy the weekend. Players Championship 2021. We're going to crown a champ. Let's do it, baby. Let's <laughs> golf soon. Hey, by the way, we are also going out to do a, a live remote and signing at Palm Beach Autographs soon enough. Yep. Whenever you want. <laughs> we'll make it happen. One line for Austin Lane, one line for me. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Dude, we should do that. And I'm going to pay everybody I know to come out to my line. I want to do it for charity. Yeah. And see what happens. Let's, Let's do it. We'll do it for blessings in a backpack. I like it. I like it a lot. Martin Buckley stopping on by. I'm buying Brent's ticket. Players Championship. Our live coverage brought to you by Talent Wealth Management. Thanks for them uh, sponsoring the, the week. As we are live at TPC Sawgrass, we'll be right back on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Uh, Daniel uh, says, we went from hot Cheetos to shampoo, raising the intellectual portion of the show. Austin Lane. I'm wearing a sleeveless t-shirt. What more do you want from us, man? Like, I mean, it's Friday. We never said we're intellectual. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, I know we play, I think, one in London. That's what i kind of been told. Uh, I've not done a lot of research on it. I was part of a game when I was at Notre Dame. We played at Ireland. And the their trip's not bad. Their trip home's tough. Uh, so I... I I'd give you more. I just have not had time to research it. This this year, I don't know because of COVID. I, I don't know. Urban Meyer talking about a potential London game. And it certainly sounds like that's in the works to continue to happen. Remember, now we're looking at a 17-game regular season, most likely by the NFL. I can't imagine the Jaguars go to London in 2021. It just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense with COVID and where we're at. But I do also think that Urban Meyer acknowledged that, hey, look, down the road, we're playing in London again. And the fascinating part about that when it comes to Urban is I wondered what kind of conversations were like with Shad Khan. They've built a base there. So from Shad Khan's perspective, they've laid some groundwork that they want to see through. The dollars are there. That's part of the pie that the Jaguars have. 
in terms of their revenue. Whether you like it or not, it is. I mean, that's just the way – again, I'm not telling you to come on board with it. I'm just stating facts right now. <laughs> they built the foundation. They've played over there uh, for however many years in a row now. Uh, it's part of their economic pie. And so when you marry that and then the hiatus from last year – and by the way, if we go all the way back to last year, there was going to be two home games in London. So if you take 2020 out of the equation – the contract expires with London and the Jaguars in the NFL. What do they do going forward? And I thought, well, maybe there's a pivot here because Urban Meyer might be like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that on an annual basis. Like That would be an interesting conversation. And what if he said that? Like, what does Shad Khan say? I mean, well, we are. I guess he's the owner. Or, okay, this isn't going to work. Like, I don't know how that would get um, – I don't know how that would go. <laughs> so uh, – Obviously, though, from what Urban Meyer is saying, they didn't have a lot of those kind of discussions. And I think that's uh, maybe because of the pandemic and maybe like, hey, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I thought there would be maybe a little bit more conversation. Maybe there hasn't. It's just not revealing everything uh, in, in that soundbite right there. And I think he also mentioned London uh, talking to Jaguars.com last week. But... The bottom line here is London is happening for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think Urban Meyer is going to stop it. Uh, I also think this could be good news for Jaguars fans who were very mad, and I think there were a lot of them were mad, about two home games in London. I don't think that's going to happen based off what Urban Meyer has now said a couple times in the last week. Now, again, we're just reading into this a little bit. Uh, There's not a lot of info out there. Uh, The... Jags PR, who was here with Urban, said we'll know more about London in early May from the NFL. So that's a little bit of a timetable. Of course, that will come around the schedule time, too. But just to repeat and and kind of recap, London's still happening for the Jags. It's trending toward it's probably happening once a year instead of twice for these home games. What will be interesting if there's any kind of flip-flopping around in terms of home or away with the Jags involved because of a potential 17th game in the regular season that also could happen and start in 2021. Will they play in London in 2021 because of the pandemic and where is it and can you even predict where it's going to be? Why schedule it if you don't know if the whole world is opened up by that time, which I think is very questionable if that's going to be the case. So... That's kind of where we're at. But I think there's a little bit of positive news here if you're a fan and you don't like the London stuff. There's no surprise that they're going to stay over there. The money's too big. The footprint has been established. That shouldn't surprise you. The two games that really ticked a lot of people off, that doesn't sound like, from what Urban Meyer's saying, part of the equation. And so maybe now... With all the buzz about Trevor, the buzz about Urban Meyer, that's partially the reason they don't need two games over in London. But maybe they kind of got a redo on the backlash that the fans gave after they announced the two home games in London. So there's a lot going on here. A lot of, uh, of it we don't know fully what it means and what it is and why it came to this point. But uh, And we still don't know the specifics. I think the London conversation is really interesting uh, to most notably say, hey, it's not going to end. Urban Meyer's going to have to find a way to make that work. Uh, and 
at least from a fan perspective, there's not going to be two home games over there, at least in my opinion. It doesn't look like we're trending that way. Keep in mind, this is what, in my head, I've got half of it saying, okay, let it make sense, right? It's a piece of the pie. Uh, they've put the footprint down over there. Shadkan sees this as part of the vision. Um, and, and that's just been the case now for almost going on a decade. And then I see Urban Meyer on the other side saying, hey, we want to do whatever's best for the player, 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 best for the player, best for the player. Well, it's really hard to state claim to traveling over to London is best for the player. It's a really hard uh, fight. And so how they navigate that, how they make it better for the player, even if it's not the best for the player, can they do something about that? I don't know. This will be really interesting to watch how Urban Meyer uh, gets creative when it comes to London. I, I... I'm interested in it. Uh, the Jaguars have basically learned over the years that Thursday, leaving on a Thursday night, landing in London on Friday morning, their time, kind of sleeping overnight and just going on with your business, playing the game, and then getting back home is the way to go. They found that to be a success. Will that change at all for Urban Meyer? Uh, will the way they have their bye week change, depending on where the NFL puts that London game? Remember, I think it was Indianapolis, like third week of the season. I want to say it was almost late September, early October a few years back, uh, where they said, we don't want the buy, and we'll put the buy later on in the year. So how that is all navigated with Urban Meyer as the head coach, I think it's going to be an interesting watch. Uh, and it, it, I'm not saying it's a tug of war. I don't even think there's going to be a contentious thing here. I just think it's... In, if you ask every coach, do you want to go fly eight hours across the pond and then eventually come back another eight hours or nine hours, whatever it is, every coach is going to say, no, I don't think that's really in the greatest interest of my team. Right? That's just reality. I don't want to do that. Heck, the West Coast trip is far enough. But he is very appreciative and very respectful and all in with owner Shad Khan. And he's a big believer in Shad Khan. And if that's Shad's vision to continue that footprint, that game, uh, part of the economic pie, then I think it's going to stay that way. And Urban Meyer will do the best to handle that situation and work with it. I, I hate to talk even this much at length because I don't have a lot of the answers. But I think based on what he said, we can surmise a couple of the things that I've already mentioned. And now I'm interested to see where this shakes out. We might have to wait another six weeks or so. Looks like early May, mid-May, when the schedule comes out, when the NFL is ready to say anything about London. And we might not even learn a whole bunch then. Because, again, I think this could fall into the part of, we're not going to know this year because we're not going over there in 2021, the NFL says. It just doesn't make sense to do it. Uh, could we go to Toronto? Could we go to Mexico City? Well, maybe we could do that, but going over to London probably doesn't make sense coming off the pandemic, even if we're almost off it, or we could still be in the middle of it. I would not be stunned if the league just said, hey, no London this year. We'll get back to it in 2022. So some of these details, some of the things I'm talking about right now, we may not really even learn about that completely until sometime next year when the 2022 schedule comes out. But it'll be an interesting thing to watch from Urban Meyer's perspective, from the Jags' perspective, and from the fans' perspective. I, I know this is a topic that draws some angst. I get it. Uh, and I, I'm just trying to be real with you and say it's not going anywhere. Um, but the good news is that two games never happened over in London. It's probably going to be one. And 
the extra bit of good news is we're probably going to get a 17-game regular season with an extra home game thrown in there, home game I say in quotes, thrown in there every other year for each NFL team. So uh, in this time frame, where things have never been more exciting in an offseason, where you could have your franchise quarterback and the uh, franchise turns itself around and the place is going bonkers in Jacksonville, you don't want to give up those home games. This is a great time to buy a ticket in Jacksonville and not go see a game in London. I get it. Uh, but overall, I think it's going to happen to some degree, and maybe thankfully for the fans, not as much as it was looking like it was going to happen in 2020. And we don't know how long that two-game thing might have happened. If, if we never get into a pandemic and the Jags are playing two games last year, two home games in London, do, are they playing again two home games in 21, 22? You know, again, that was the end of the deal. So we don't know how that would have shook, uh, have shaken out. Um, and fortunately, we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I think from a fan perspective, the fans don't have to worry about it. We never got the two games in London. Those games obviously were moved uh, back here to Jacksonville because of the pandemic. But we will get London games again. I guess that's the moral of the story. And I'm Intrigued at how Urban Meyer sees it, handles it, navigates it, and if there's anything different. There's only so much you can do with that road trip. Teams have tried a whole bunch of different things. The Jaguars have been almost the guinea pig in that, uh, and other teams have followed the Jags and seen what they've done. But I don't know if you can recreate it many other ways and even overthink it. Uh, I just think you got to put the players in the best position possible and – that's a trip you just have to suck up a little bit, like you're going a couple extra trips to the West Coast. You know, Seattle, I think it was uh, maybe last year or two years ago, didn't they make like three or four trips to the East Coast? And like three of them were like back-to-back-to-back weeks. It was not a favorable schedule. Now, they weren't going to London, but you go Seattle to Miami, Seattle to New York, Seattle to Carolina. That's a pretty hefty trip back-to-back weeks or back-to-back-to-back weeks. So it's not like the Jags are the only team that has to navigate sometimes the road travel uh, of the NFL. London's certainly a different animal. And this really, this conversation is less to do about the Jags players and probably more about the fans. Um, and, and what do we see in the future with the Jaguars in that relationship uh, with London? I think it does exist. And uh, be ready for it to exist. Brown on Twitter says, has Urban confirmed a new facility and what type and or a timeline? I think, Brown, the uh, simple way to say this is, yes, it's been confirmed that it's in the works. Uh, Where is it? We don't know. Timeline, ASAP. That's what I get out of what Urban Meyer has said uh, over now a couple of months when it comes to the facility. And we've seen this multiple occasions, multiple reports Multiple sound bites from Urban Meyer. So the facility's happening. How quick can they make it happen? Where exactly do they make it happen? How much does it cost? Those are all things that are in the works and trying to be sped up from what I understand. So, uh, yeah, to answer your question, a new facility is happening. Uh, what type of facility? I can just go off what we've seen in other places in the NFL, and you're talking about a standalone facility kind of away from the stadium. And uh, that's where your operations go. And a lot of these times, now, if it's away from downtown, then they would build practice fields, too. If it's right near downtown, well, it could back up to the practice fields in some way, shape, or form. And then your practice fields are right there. But either way, this is going to be a place where the staff, 
and the players essentially call home and practice right there. And whether their stadium's 100 yards away or 20 miles away, uh, that is to be determined. But you're looking at probably a facility. If, if I'm thinking the way Shad Khan does things, you're talking about a facility probably somewhere between, what, $100 million, $150 million that he's going to have to front the money for. Like That's not going to be a public-private partnership thing. That's going to be an investment in the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, yeah, Brown, to answer your question, it's happening. Uh, we just don't know a lot of the details of when, how much, where. Uh, but I think this thing's going to move fast. And we've been talking about facilities even before Urban got hired. Uh, on this show, if you go all the way back to December, we talked about facilities, and that could be the next play in Jacksonville. What I don't know fully is, hey, if Lot J had gotten done, would that have helped the facility get done quicker? Lot J not getting done, does that help the facility get done quicker? I'm not sure about that, but I bet we get some details uh, sooner than later, and I think shovel in the ground sooner than later, wherever it is. That the Jaguars are going to be a, build a facility. Keep in mind, this clubhouse at TPC Sawgrass, <laughs> I think they built this in like less than a year. It's been like $40 million, uh, you know, however many years ago now. And I believe it was built in less than a year or right around a year. I mean, money talks. If you want to build something quick, you can build it quick. Just depends how big it is and how much you want to spend. But a facility is coming to Jacksonville. Uh, no doubt about it. It's definitely what Urban Meyer has been saying, and Shad Khan seemingly backing it up. We talk more about the Players' Championship, give an update on the leaderboard when we come back. Also, how the Gators do in the SEC tournament, the ACC tournament coming up tonight. Big one for Florida State in terms of seeding, and you can listen to that one on ESPN 690. All on the way on ESPN 690 when we come back live from the Players. Yeah, the frustration, definitely. I mean, you don't expect to, to do that the first pull out. Especially I was hit it pretty good this morning. You know, and you go out there and you, you hit one, you squeeze one right, and it goes pretty far right. And you don't hit your second shot where you need it to be and mess up. And so you, you just aren't feeling comfortable. I wasn't as feeling as, feeling as comfortable as I should have been feeling. And unfortunately, uh, that's the way my day started. So I was able to make a nice up and down on the next hole to kind of settle it down. And um, up and down on 12, which is great. Hit a close one in there, 13. And um, kind of was off to the races after that, except 14, uh, driving 14. So a couple crucial up and downs. And I just felt like I just wasn't, wasn't hitting my best today. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau didn't hit it his best. Still shot a three under 69. Back-to-back 69s got him six under and two off the lead. Held by Lee Westwood, who has played 17 holes. He's five under today, eight under par. Matthew Fitzpatrick has tied him at eight under. Fitzpatrick four under through 12 so far in his round this afternoon. Remember last night they called it off because of darkness around 6.32. We'll see if all these players can get through this Friday afternoon round. Chris Kirk, only player now at 7-under. There was four of them at one time. Now the only one. He's in the clubhouse at 7-under. Danny McCarthy, Brian Harmon, Bryson DeChambeau, Charlie Hoffman, uh, all at 6-under. There's a couple others as well, including Sergio Garcia, who has dropped a shot in the second round through 14. He is two shots back right in the middle of this thing. John Rahm back there at four under par. Jason Day at three under par. Tyler McCumber have a second round. He's three under par here at uh, the Players' Championship for the hometown guys. Dad won the Players back in 1988. Mark McCumber got it down for the hometown win. 
Wow, what a story it would be if Tyler McCumber can climb the leaderboard and be in contention on Saturday and Sunday. He's three under with one more to play in his second round. So some of the scores from the Players' Championship, uh, that's what it is right now. Hey, big news, Coos. Did you see this? Big news. No. This is going to slide right into what you usually talk about. And uh, the big news here is... Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez have called off their two-year oh. engagement. They are separated, Coos. That's that's pushworthy right there. Actually, that might be. Uh, uh, I, might be to, I might be getting a call that I I have to leave this room in about five minutes. Do you have to go? Am, am I breaking cultural pop culture news here yeah. on ESPN six ninety? Yeah. Well, who was reporting it first? I guess should be the. the I saw an email go through the newsroom. I think it was page oh, six. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, was, I thought right. Was it that Is that where all that there. stuff happens? Uh, you know, TMZ is usually a little more reliable, but. <laughs> Did you really just say that? Well, what a world we live in. In terms of celebrity stuff, a lot of people will go, oh, TMZ reported it. We're good, you know? Uh, seriously, how big of a story will this be? Oh, no, that'll be well, that'll be big. I, you know, I wonder. Yeah, no, it'll be big. I'm, I'm trying to see the angles that they'll take on it, but it'll definitely be big, and everyone will be talking about how they're kind of surprised because, I mean, they were engaged for two years. I guess it's. Uh, good they didn't take it any further than that if it was going to end. I thought they were already, like, married they'd been together yeah, for so long. Yeah, same. So, yeah, that's uh, Jennifer Lopez, Alex Rodriguez, call off two-year engagement. Uh, page six says that. There you go. Brent Martineau here, everybody, at the Players' Championship, breaking some entertainment news for you. That's what I do on a Friday at TPC Sawgrass. Our Players' Championship coverage, live coverage, all week sponsored by Talent Wealth Management. We've got an hour to go here on a Friday. And when we come back, we talk a bit more football. We have audio roulette, which I really liked playing yesterday. Let's do it again. And an interview with a gentleman that knew Urban Meyer when it all began. Not his high school buddies either. This guy is a former quarterback at Ohio State. We talked to him in the 5 o'clock hour, give you an update on the Players' Championship. And I'd love for you to jump in on any of the feeds or give us a call, 904-362-9901. Are you rooting for Bryson DeChambeau to win this thing? Like, where does he sit in your fandom? Bryson DeChambeau, two shots off the lead, held by Lee Westwood and Matthew Fitzpatrick here at the 2021 Players' Championship. We'll be back on ESPN 690.